story. Needed a new leader to restore its former glory. Where, oh, where was he? Where could that man be? We looked around and then we found a man for you. Welcome everyone once again to That Record Got Me High. This is Rob Elba here. And it's great to have you all with me. Once again, we're doing a patron curated episode. This is a episode where I hand it over to the patrons of the show and they send in their contributions to whatever the theme is. And this week's theme is soundtracks. This is That Soundtrack Got Me High. And uh, I asked uh, patrons to send in what their favorite soundtrack is, and uh, we'll play a clip from it, and you'll hear it right from their mouths. If you're wondering, who are these patrons that you're talking about? Well, if you're a regular listener of the show, you really should know this by now. Uh, There are people that went to patreon.com forward slash TRGMH, and they became patrons of the show. And if you're a patron of the show, we do these uh, occasional episodes, which are a lot of fun, and I also have a newsletter I send out, and we send out little sneak previews of upcoming episodes and you're just like all part of a secret exclusive club that's not really that exclusive uh because it's really easy to become a patron uh so you should definitely consider it especially if you enjoy these episodes because i'll tell you these patrons i'm not just pandering you guys are the best and when i say you guys i say guys a lot even though it's guys and gals actually i have a lot of great uh gal patrons as well but guy i just say guys i i use guys a lot you're all great. Uh, they, you always step up to the plate. They send in really good, uh, well thought out contributions. I mean, usually there's never, I, I always think a lot of people are going to pick the same thing. And for soundtracks, actually two people did pick the same soundtrack, but it's fine. I'm going to put them both because they each picked uh, different songs from the soundtrack. So that's fine. They'll both be on there. Yeah. You guys just really, uh, think outside the box and just send in great, uh, well thought out things and, and it's great and it makes it so easy for me because all I got to do is slap it all together and then at the end of the show I'll give you my pick for my soundtrack without further ado I'm going to hand it over to the patrons enjoy see look at that over there assholes ordinary fucking people I hate them 1984 is Repo Man hey this is Tom Laurie that's the soundtrack that I'm picking and uh, it introduced me to not only a great cult classic movie, but some awesome music. This is how I discovered uh, Pablo Picasso and the Modern Lovers. Uh, it was a cover by Burning Sensations. I went back and found the Modern Lovers this way. Uh, it has a great title track by Iggy Pop. I was riding on a concrete slab Down the river of a useless lab It was such a beautiful day Iggy Pop was introduced to this movie by his manager and kind of convinced him to, to do the soundtrack as a TV party by Black Flag, a couple songs by uh, Fear and a couple songs by the Circle Jerks, institutionalized by Suicidal Tendencies. And then the secret, um, the secret uh, weapon here is the Plugs, a Hispanic punk band that had a surf sound to it that does a lot of the soundtrack sort of background music to it and uh, i think quentin tarantino stole more than a little bit from him the movie is a whacked out combination of sci-fi uh, a rip on consumerism everything's like generic when uh, you go to the store it says beer on the side or pan uh, canned peaches uh, when you buy something uh, it even rips on uh, l ron hubbard and scientology and it's just a fabulous mismatch of weird characters, uh, funny lines, and bizarre science fiction. So you put those two things together, and you've got a classic uh, movie. You've got a great soundtrack to back it up. One of my favorites. Still love watching both of it and listening to the soundtrack. 
Thanks. In a sluggish economy, inflation recession hits the land of the free. Standing on employment lines, blame the government for hard times. We just get by however we can. We all got a duck. When the shit hits the fan, ten kids in a Cadillac stand in line for welfare checks. Let's all reach off the state. Gee, the money is really great. We just get by however we can. We all got a duck. When the shit hits the fan, soup lines, three loaves of bread, five pound blocks of cheese, bags of groceries, social security has run out on you and me. We do whatever we can. Got a duck when the shit hits the fan. Hey, Rob, it's Steve Carroll. Thinking about all these great soundtracks I've heard over the years, but how many of them made enough of an impression on me to actually go out and buy the album? And that's probably a very short list. I can think of Woodstock, but that's a live album. Is that really a soundtrack? The Who's Tommy. I loved that movie when I was about 13 and I bought the soundtrack. And more recently, although probably about 20 years ago, the very first Wes Anderson movie that I ever saw, which was Rushmore. And what particularly impressed me about the soundtrack was he took these real famous artists like The Who and The Kinks, but he used relatively somewhat obscure songs of theirs. And The Who song he used was a quick one, which, of course, you know, is this song that's made up of all these little vignettes throughout the song. And he takes the very last one of these and he uses it for a scene in which two of the characters, Bill Murray and Jason Schwartzman, are enacting revenge on each other. But he's used the, ver the live version of this song from the Rolling Stones Rock and Roll Circus, which is, which is a brilliant version. It's that chaotic, crazy kind of big Who ending that only adds to the madness of the scene that he's illustrated. Really, really awesome movie, great soundtrack. If you haven't seen it, you should really go check it out. Wes Anderson's Russia. Believe it, do my eyes deceive me? Am I back in your arms? Away from all harm. It's like a dream to be with you again. That I'm with you again. I missed you, and I must admit, I kissed a few, and once did sit on either the engine driver's lap. I later with him had a nap. This is Bobby Joe. Um, I love these Patreon submissions. They're a good little fun challenge to break up the week. So I picked a very unlikely movie soundtrack. It actually even surprised me. There are a handful of artists that I really, really can't stand. And in the list of the most despised artists, 
this guy was right under Bob Seger in between, somewhere in between Eddie Money and Billy Joel. Well, I've since come to kind of tolerate Bob Seger and even grown to appreciate Billy Joel during lockdown. Um, this guy really won me over after seeing the film. I used to hate him so much that I would literally walk out of any room if they were playing. I knew like he wrote a lot of the songs for the film, but after I sat down for the viewing, I was told that he wrote the whole damn score. I was kind of prepared for like one or two songs, but not a whole movie of Cat Stevens. I was like, oh shit. But I was so wrong. Couldn't be more wrong, actually. The movie was called Harold and Maude, and it was absolutely awesome. I can't imagine any other soundtrack to accompany this 70s oddball macabre comedy. It kind of paired this uh, octogenarian swinger with a suicidal 20-year-old. They went to funerals together and would philosophize in between this kid's hysterical, absurdly staged suicide attempts. They later fell in love. Well, the soundtrack changed my mind a lot about Cat Stevens and replaced some bad memories with good ones. If you're not a fan of Cat Stevens, I totally get it. I would still suggest to watch the movie and enjoy the soundtrack on the side. Well, if you want to sing out, sing out. And if you want to be free, be free. Because there's a million things to be, you know that there are. And if you want to live high, live high. And if you want to live low, live low. Because there's a million ways to go, you know that there are. You can do what you want. The opportunity's on. And if you find a new way, you can do it today. You can make it all true And you can make it undo You see Ah, it's easy Ah, you only need to know Well, if you want to say yes, say yes And if you want to say no, say no Cause there's a million ways to go Hey Rob, this is Margarita. Uh, the soundtrack that I brought was Lost Highway, uh, soundtrack for David Lynch's 96 uh, film. A lot of, in well, some indie rock, some kind of jazzy stuff, uh, Angelo Badalamenti on it. Um, there's a really good Smashing Pumpkins song. I know not everybody's a Pumpkins fan, but the song I is pretty cool if you want to check that out. Thanks. This is Woody Compton of Is This Tomorrow from Gainesville, Florida. When it comes to discussing movie soundtracks, there seems to be a few different categories. One would be a collection of songs that were previously released and then collected for the soundtrack. There's also those written specifically for the movie. 
And then the third category would probably be things like Song Remains the Same, which is, you know, basically a live album, or The Kids Are All Right by The Who, which is, you know, kind of a greatest hits collection to go along with the movie. Certainly Quentin Tarantino has had some great collections of songs. The Crooklyn soundtrack by Spike Lee is another fantastic collection of great pop songs from the 60s and 70s. So that first category is a little different than ones that's really a movie score. There's some different sorts of scores. A lot of them are orchestral, but some of them are rock or pop, and some are a combination of both. Orchestral soundtracks don't stick with me as much as rock or funk scores do. Things like The Harder They Come, Shaft, and Superfly all had great soundtracks that I find hold up well to repeated listening. Trent Reznor, Nick Cave, and Robin Guthrie have all done really nice soundtracks that are more ambient and more kind of background music because they live to serve the visuals of the movie. But soundtracks I grew up with that I really liked were things like Rock and Roll High School because it has, you know, great Ramon songs, has kind of a live medley on there, has some newly recorded songs written for the film like I Want You Around and the title track. Repo Man had a pretty famous soundtrack when we were younger because it had punk rock songs on it, which was unusual. The same thing for Return of the Living Dead. Uh, I'd also like to mention that uh, seeing early David Lynch films, uh, things like Blue Velvet, I remember the music being extremely important to that film and certainly a number of other films. And using uh, songs that were seemingly innocent in a more horrific sort of way is something David Lynch specializes in. But today I'm going to single out Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? The Coen brothers did a comic retelling of the Odyssey, and they needed music to match the saga. So they reached back to the rural sounds of the South, both black and white, and recreated this essence with mostly modern voices. T-Bone Burnett outfitted a Nashville studio with period-correct recording technology and used it to record a murderer's row of bluegrass, blues, and country stars in great form. You have Emmylou Harris, Gillian Welsh, and Alison Krauss singing a really creepy, wicked lullaby and bluegrass legend Ralph Stanley singing directly to death. The O Brothers soundtrack was a huge financial success and launched a new folk renaissance. Like the film, these songs reflect a land of great trouble, great hope, and it kind of documents the highs and lows of a very ordinary, epic version of the Odyssey. People of constant sorrow, people uh, victims of random violence, and beaten down by wicked authority figures. It's really country music at its best, and I think country music at its best is very emotional and very tragic. The first single from the album, The Man of Constant Sorrow, is a perfect example of a song that's both upbeat and catchy while being tragic at the same time. In constant sorrow. Hey, this is Jeff Greenstein. Soundtrack is a tricky term. 
You know, I bet many of y'all are going to choose a soundtrack album with lots of great pop songs in it, like Saturday Night Fever, Footloose, Flashdance. That's fine. Me, I went with a soundtrack album, which is primarily the score of the movie. And it happens to be a movie I love, Blow Up, the 1966 Michelangelo Antonioni film about a bored London fashion photographer who inadvertently photographs a murder. Now, Blow Up also happens to feature a club scene with a rare glimpse of the Jeff Beck, Jimmy Page Yardbirds performing a thinly veiled rewrite of Train Kept a Rollin' called Stroll On, but it is the rest of the album that truly got me high. The score by Herbie Hancock. Piano, melodica, alto sax, brushes. It's the perfect cool jazz party record. And what's more, the track Bring Down the Birds was sampled by D-Light for their dance pop hit, Groove is in the Heart. You will recognize that sample immediately. Here it is, Herbie Hancock from the soundtrack of Blow Up. Hi, this is James from Baltimore. No question about it, the soundtrack that got me high is Todd Haynes' glam rock fable Velvet Goldmine. I love the movie, but it's flawed, particularly the MacGuffin mystery at the heart of the story. On my first viewing, it was gratifying that Haynes found the Let's Dance era Bowie to be as much of a betrayal as I did. But when I've watched it again, I can't wait for those parts of the story to be over so that we can get back to the Brian Slade, Jack Ferry parts. The soundtrack, though, is flawless. It's one of my favorite records, period. It includes actual glam classics, covers of other glam classics by real bands, and by two all-star bands created for the movie, and original compositions in the style of some of the referenced musicians. The British all-star band, called the Venus and Furs in the film, features Tom York and Johnny Greenwood from Radiohead, Suede's Bernard Butler and Andy McKay from Roxy Music. The American band, The Wild Rats, features Mark Arm from Mudhoney, Thurston Moore and Steve Shelley from Sonic Youth, and playing bass like he did in the real Revived Stooges, Mike Watt of the Minutemen. I recently purchased some further Wild Rats, Wild Rats tracks from Bandcamp, which rock pretty hard. I think for my selection, though, I would like to pick a track that is by neither of those awesome bands. The Ballad of Maxwell Demon appears in the film in a kind of campy, over-the-top proto-video of a sort that recalls that creepy little Ashes to Ashes movie. The name Maxwell Demon makes reference to Maxwell's Demon, a physics concept articulated by James Maxwell that someone a lot smarter than me would have to explain. More relevant to Velvet Goldmine, Maxwell Demon was the name of Brian Eno's first band. Six feet down at age 25 
Hey boys and girls, I'm Todd Nolan, broadcasting from the outskirts of Nashville, Tennessee. And the soundtrack that I brought to the table today is Trent Reznor's curated mixtape of Oliver Stone's Natural Born Killers. The movie features Woody Harrelson and Juliette Lewis as the mass-murdering lovers Mickey and Mallory. Released in 1994 on Reznor's own Nothing Records, it packed a wallop with 27 tracks spanning over 75 minutes in a crazed mix of dialogue, new songs, and old classics, hitting you in the brain like a sociopathic bullet to the head. Not yet the award-winning soundtrack composer that he would eventually become, Reznor produced the soundtrack in various hotel rooms using Pro Tools while on tour with his band Nine Inch Nails, probably only adding to the cross-country murder spree feel of the album. According to Reznor in an interview with MTV, he was quoted as saying, I suggested to Oliver to try and turn the soundtrack into a collage of sound, kind of the way the movie used music, make edits, add dialogue, and make it something interesting rather than a bunch of previously released music. I took a finished movie and tried to make something that would be a cool souvenir from it. And that's exactly what it was. Like a serial killer might take a trophy from the kill, I was left with a decapitated head in a CD jewel case to show that I was there and witnessed the love story murder ballad of Mickey and Mallory. As an avid mixtape maker myself, the Natural Born Killers soundtrack compiled music like I would, throwing in dialogue samples and jarring noises amongst a wide variety of genres of music, from L7 to Leonard Cohen, from Lard to Dr. Dre, Patsy Cline to Patti Smith, from Dwayne Eddy to Jane's Addiction or Reznor's very own Nine Inch Nails. As Woody Harrelson's character Mickey put it, let me tell you something, this is the 1990s all right. In this day and age, a man has to have choices. A man has to have a little bit of variety. And that's what we got, a real goddamn motherfucking shit list. This Oliver Stone bastardization of a Quentin Tarantino story was a reaction to the media's glorification of violence. It was overly brutal and menacing, but played like a flashy MTV meets TMZ clusterfuck. It was both funny and jarring, and the soundtrack fully represented that. The album came out when I was working at Uncle Sam's Music in South Florida, and believe me, it got high rotation. I would recite the dialogue as it played and shoot bullets into the heads of annoying shoppers as Mallory eeny meeny miny mowed them down for me. The album was certified gold, selling over 500,000 copies and reached number 19 on the Billboard charts, and still to this day is quite the enjoyable listen. It was fully representative of the time, from its sample-ridden Tarantino-esque mixtape style to its true crime-obsessed, over-the-top Looney Tunes mentality. It made listening to the soundtrack just as much fun as watching the movie. In fact, it was the movie, but told through the emotions and the lyrics of the songs. Patti Smith preached about black sheep living outside of society. Jane's Addiction had sex and violence on TV. L7 compiled their shit list for all those that won't be missed. Patsy Cline crooned on about how quarreling won't keep her from her lover's arms. Dylan told us that all the while you belong to me while Leonard Cohen still waits on a miracle. The real miracle was the beauty of this soundtrack and how 27 years later, it still gets me high and leaves me bleeding out on the floor. A perfect example of Reznor's blending of movie samples and music is the Cowboy Junkies cover of Lou Reed's Sweet Jane. It exists as a moment in the film that showed us that despite all the ultraviolence, Natural Born Killers was at its heart a love story.
Hi, I'm Eric Lazier, and I was a recent guest on Season 4, Episode 176, discussing Richard Thompson's classic, Rumor and Sigh. For your soundtrack edition, I'd like to suggest both the film and a soundtrack that not only got me high, but induced a kind of psychedelic experience, Paul Thomas Anderson's 1999 Magnolia. In addition to featuring some already existing classic tunes from Supertramp, the elements that really appealed to me from the soundtrack were the new at the time originals by one of my very favorite singer-songwriters, the incomparable Miss Amy Mann. Most of her contributions were written specifically for the film, influenced by early drafts of the script, and they went on to form the spine of her album of the following year, which many consider her breakthrough record as a solo artist, The Wonderful Bachelor Number no. 2. Furthermore, this is a particularly unique soundtrack due to Paul Thomas Anderson's very bold choices of how to use it in the film. For example, the way the characters in a theretofore dramatic film suddenly burst into song with Wise Up or how the dialogue in the film's climactic sequence completely goes silent, with the only sound being the song I would like to contribute here, The Masterful Save Me, which I believe earned Miss Man an Oscar, and which I hope you will enjoy as much as I did. You look like Hey Rob, Steve Mitchner from Portland, Oregon, calling with my submission for your Patreon episode, That Soundtrack Got Me High. Now I'm a big movie lover, and there are dozens of true soundtracks that move my soul from the masters like Morricone and Bernard Herrmann, to the groundbreaking 1960 scores for Easy Rider, Midnight Cowboy, or The Graduate. But I've got to go with the one that got my 12-year-old brain high, and the first record that I ever bought the soundtrack to George Lucas's classic film, American Graffiti. Back in the summer of 1973, I rode my bike to the local mall to see the movie when it came out, and it had me from the opening chords of Rock Around the Clock by Bill Haley and the Comets. Now, I was too young to know most of these late 50s, early 60s pop songs from the radio, but I immediately fell in love with them and with Wolfman Jack, the omnipresent DJ in the movie. Lucas was amongst the first to use pop songs wall-to-wall like this in a movie, and apparently the studio was not happy about paying for the original versions of all these songs. But they relented and ended up spending so much money on the clearance rights that there was no money left over for a traditional soundcheck track. Each song is crucial to the mood of the scene it's in, and the characters are hearing the songs play as well, so the songs themselves become part of the action. 
By the way, that's called diegetic music, and it's a nifty trick that helped move the somewhat thin script along. The songs are mostly big doo-wop R&B and pop hits of that pre-Beatles era, and the record helped me discover Buddy Holly, Chuck Berry, Fats Domino, Booker T and the MGs, and some very lovely vocal groups that I never would have heard otherwise. The movie and the soundtrack, which reached number 10 on the charts, helped kick off, for better or worse, a 50s revival that led to happy days. But let's not go there. So, as much as I'd love to wax poetic on the classics of the soundtrack genre, I've got to pay proper respect to the one that rocked me so hard that I became a pop music fan for life, American Graffiti. One, two, three o'clock, four o'clock, rock. Five, six, seven o'clock, eight o'clock, rock. Nine, ten, eleven o'clock, twelve o'clock, rock. We're gonna rock around the clock tonight. Put your flat rides on. Join me home. TRGMHers, food fight! This is Dan Bonebreak of the Lightworkers and Honest Liars. The soundtrack that got me high is Animal House. From the austere and national anthem sounding favorite college theme through Sam Cooke's perfect vocals, those classics of Tossin' and Turnin', Hey Paula, Let's Dance, even Belushi's so-so covers of Louie Louie and Money, but especially the scattering of humor from Stephen Bishop's intro, the riddle song, Animal House, and then my highlight, Shamalama Ding Dong. The soundtrack filled me with the nostalgia of the 50s and 60s songs I grew up listening to on my pop's record player. That pair with the adolescent humor National Lampoon is famous for, what a super fun listen, even on cassette in the 80s. To me, Otis Day and the Nights shines so sweetly. Although now Shout has and is played at every wedding, prom, event. But Lloyd Williams' vocals on Shamalama Ding Dong even hold up next to Sam Cooke, and the song is such a great mix-up of all those nonsensical syllables that say everything without actually saying anything. So hit it. It feels so good to be back here at the Death of the Lake Club. We like to do a few now a tune entitled Shamalama Ding Dong. So hit it. Todd Bauk from Portland, Oregon, 
as an 80s kid growing up in a small community, soundtracks actually introduced me to new musicians. The Streets of Fire soundtrack brought me to the Blasters, and I learned about In Excess from the Lost Boys soundtrack. But my pick for the soundtrack that got me high belongs to the Marvel Comic Universe's 2014 Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Those songs are pure AM gold, plucked from the 1970s. The soundtrack actually returned all these songs to a number one position on the Billboard chart when it became the first soundtrack in history, consisting entirely of previously released songs to top the charts. But the reason this soundtrack got me high is that it collected the bits and pieces of AM Gold that played on my school bus ride through the majority of the 1970s. Since we lived in northern Illinois, yeah, just 20 minutes from the home of Cheap Trick, the school bus driver always tuned into Chicago's WLS to keep us somewhat quiet. When I listen to this soundtrack today, I'm still waiting for Larry Lujak and his sidekick Little Tommy to introduce the next song. Maybe it'll be Go All the Way by the Raspberries. Hey Rob, it's Carl from Phoenix Records in Vermont, and I'm calling you today with the soundtrack that got me high, because you want to know that, and I'm kind of interested to know if this one is going to be picked by another person or not. Anyway, I narrowed it down to two soundtracks. One of them was the Return of the Living Dead soundtrack. The other one, same time period, and perhaps more impactful, was Repo Man. The soundtrack that begat the movie, that begat the legend, that begat the soundtrack. Anyway, that one came out in 1984, so for me, freshman year of high school. And it was still hard to find punk rock back then, unless you knew the right stores to go to. And unless you knew who to ask for, but the Repo Man soundtrack was available pretty much everywhere thanks to a distribution deal with MCA Records. And you could find it in mall stores, you could find it in your Sam Goodies and uh, whatever place you might be looking for records. Of course, it starts off with Iggy Pop doing the eponymous Repo Man song, which... I was very stoked to hear when he toured with Queens of the Stone Age on the post-pop depression tour, and it was part of the encore. But it also had Black Flag, TV Party, Suicidal Tendencies, Institutionalized, which is a song you could never hear too much, ever. Two Circle Jerk songs, including Coup d'etat, Fear, Let's Start a War, and then somewhat mysteriously, three songs from a... Latino band on there called The Plugs, who I didn't and still probably don't know too much about. There was also a cover of Burning Sensations' Pablo Picasso, and that was one where you just have to say, what the hell is this song about? Of course, now I know it's a Jonathan Richmond song, but uh, just one of those songs that sticks in your head forever, even if you've heard it once, just because it's so weird, so out there. Anyway, that's, that's my choice for the soundtrack that got me high.
uh, from those formative years. And still holds up pretty well today, I'd have to say. Um, still trying to figure out what Iggy Pop means by looking for the joke with a microscope. All right, take care and rock on. Some people try to pick up girls, get called an asshole. This never happened to Pablo Picasso. Why, he could walk down the street. Girls could not resist his stare. Pablo Picasso was never called an asshole. Now I do. So there you have it. Uh, thank you, patrons. You're all so great. Uh, excellent picks all around. And now I'm going to leave you with a play out with my pick. Uh, I thought for sure someone else would pick this, but since no one did, I'm happy to bring it. It's uh, John Cameron Mitchell's fabulous Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Uh, many people who listen to the show know that I'm a sucker for the uh, rock musical genre. Uh, I love it. And uh, when Hedwig and the Angry Inch came out, it had everything I loved. It's uh, it's rock and roll, but it's also theatrical. It's a little over the top, and uh, it's just great. And I love uh, I, I love the movie. I love the story, but the soundtrack is just by itself is so good. And um, I'm gonna leave you with the play out uh, from one of my favorite songs from it. Uh, once again, thanks everyone for listening. Thanks all you patrons for continuing to be patrons of the show. I really appreciate it and for contributing and for always bringing the goods. So here we go. Let's listen to a little Midnight Radio. We'll see you guys next week. Breathe, feel, love, Your blood knows the way From your heart to your brain Knows that you're whole And you're shining Like the brightest star A transmission You gotta hold